All right, love. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I don't, I don't care. All right. I'm just going to share my Throw necklaces at me. Do you wear this? Oh. That's so. We have been talking, Jen and I have been talking about seasons. God chose us seasons. Oh. All right. Gracias, Senor. God shows us seasons. You know, we're praying for timing, but so far all I've been able to get are seasons. You know, when you can tell when uh, winter is losing its grip, when you hear a certain sound coming from the rivers in Alaska because the ice cracks and thunders when it's getting ready to break because the water underneath is already flowing. So you know we're, you're at a change of seasons. The <laughs> The leaves turn beautiful and golden and red when autumn is coming. There are different signs of seasons that are changing. I believe that we've entered into a new season, and I like this season. It's an honoring season. It's a season where the Holy Ghost is focusing attention on the value of every individual, where he focuses on your value how very important you are to him, how critically important you are. I have a new great-grandson, little Lyndon. He is a doll, and he watches me until I catch, he catches my eye, and then he lights up and begins wiggling his little body toward me so I can't help but pick him up. He is so darling. Well, God looks at us like that. He, he watches us. You know, Scripture says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And that little Lyndon is fully committed to his great Nana, <laughs> fully committed to me. And the minute we, I catch his eyes, he lets me know the delight of his heart has come. That's the way it is with you and God. His eyes are roaming throughout the whole earth, and he's looking for the one who is looking in his direction. And it causes, you know, Song of Solomon 4 verse 9 says, Thou hast ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. That word ravish literally means to turn over or to cause to flutter. That's what happens with God when you catch his eye. When you worship, like Jan put that song on for us, and immediately I could feel that tender pleasure of the Lord because everyone in the room immediately turned your heart to Jesus. You were looking at him, and his heart began to flutter, beat faster. We do that to God. We're the only one in all of the universe that can do that to God. You know, elephants don't do that for him, you know. Monkeys don't do that to him. Orangutans don't do that to him. But you do. He values you greatly. And while I was having, um, sitting over here, getting better acquainted with my Christian family here, my brothers and sisters, brothers serving us, what a blessing. 
uh, that was an honoring thing that they did this morning because it's not an a normal thing for a guy to easily be able to serve in a place that has the table, linen, tablecloth, and the roses. And, you know, that's out of their comfort zone. But they did that for us as an, a way of honoring us. So even in that act, they were showing this new season that we are in. I believe God wants us to honor one another that way. Scripture says we are not to know anyone after the flesh but after the spirit because there's something so pure and holy inside each one of us that God greatly greatly values I don't know why he values it so much I just know he does and inside of each one of you is a destiny that he is breathed into and every time we turn our eyes to him And there comes that face-to-face connection where the breath of God is exchanged with us. It causes that eternal part of us to rise up and to come up higher and to be more like he is. We are his daughters. We are so precious to him that he would fight off armies to gather us close. And he would fight off anything that would encroach and try to take you from him because he values you so much. He teaches us about valuing and honoring as well. He tells us to honor our father and mother, that it may be well with us and that we may live long on the earth. But he also goes on to say that we are to honor all men, love the brotherhood, love the family, It's easy to love you. When we come here, Judith and I have commented before, how wonderful that God gave us connection with the family in England because it really is family. Even if we never met you before, when we look in your eyes and we feel that connection in the spirit, we're one because God has made us to be one. As we are entering into this season of honoring, I believe we're going to see some of the internal friction in the body of Christ beginning to fall away and diminish, as it does in a natural family. I have uh, three sisters, and I had six brothers, and I learned how to yield and how to love and how to forgive. And I had some brothers that were orangutans, I mean, you know what I mean by that? They were just mischief makers. And I loved them passionately. Even when they were steeped in sin, I loved them passionately because they were family. We are family. And I want you to know I honor you this morning. I love the beauty that God has placed in you. Each one of you has a unique beauty. And you're lots of fun. I'll never forget Wendy. Or Haley. (laughs) Or Haley, yeah. Should I tell on you, Wendy? I really love Wendy. She was so much fun. Chris proudly rushed me over to say, and this is my wife. And I started to say, oh, you're, you're Chris's wife. And she said, no, 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 I'm not. I'm Wendy. She thought I was going to say that she was Chris. But this is Wendy, Chris's wife. Well, 
that immediately endeared me to her. How many of you have ever put your, opened your mouth and put your foot in it? Come on. Doesn't it make you love your sister all the more when you find out that we're cut out of the same cloth? I mean, I can't tell you the number of faux pas I have been guilty of, and normally mine happen very publicly. I'm not able to hide it. It just is one of the things God does. And Judith I can tell will you tell. some stories. She'll tell. Behave. Behave. I'm, I'm trying to conduct myself a great decorum here. It also says, honor the king. I believe that we have a responsibility before God to honor our leaders. Now, in the U.S., that has become quite difficult for us. <laughs> but the word still says, honor the king. And I believe that we need to when Osama bin Laden was killed, my heart was grieved because he's a man created in the image of God and his loss was a loss. It was not a time of celebration at all, at all. We should never celebrate when calamity hits. Honor one another. If I can leave you with this one message this morning, honor one another. It's honor goes beyond love. Honor is different than love. Love is a part of honor. But you can honor someone without having a love relationship. But honoring, I think, is a root viewpoint that needs to be worked in our souls to where we immediately honor someone, whether we know them or not. We don't despise them for their um, different culture or their different look or their different styles or whatever the differences are. There's something pure and holy before the Lord about honoring someone because the spark of God is in every human being. All have been born by the will of God. God knows every man's name, every woman's name. Knew their name before they were born. No one's an accident. They were, they were called forth on planet Earth for a reason. And even as he calls all the stars by their names, which is a shocking thing to think of the billions upon billions of stars and he knows everyone he doesn't have any trouble with that he knows your name and every human being on earth and i believe if we treat one another with honor and respect it'll cause such a growth and such a maturity in the body of christ and strengthen family ties we don't have to agree with one another do we ever disagree I'm sure we must, but I can't think of a time. Yeah, I can't think of a time that we disagree. I'm, I'm sure we must. Mm. Well, even if someone disagrees with you, you can still treat them with honor and respect. One of the reasons why uh, this event on Harvard University was so successful is the young Christian students who were calling Harvard back to her roots, her Christian roots, treated every participant with honor and dignity. So the witch who came in representing the Wicca religion was treated with as much respect as they treated the head of the university who came in. And the uh, photographers and the media that came in that were so clamoring and, and portraying them in a difficult light, in a wrong light, they treated with respect and I believe that God is calling us to that position. If you want to win someone to Christ, 
honor and respect them and it'll it'll there's something about that attitude that warms the heart because so many people are being treated disrespectfully these days they're in the US in some of the inner city neighborhoods they call it dissing they're dissed all the time that means they're disrespected and they lose something of their dignity when they're disrespected but i believe god's called us to clothe man clothe woman with honor and respect and dignity simply because they were created by our god and he loves them passionately don't you think that um society has kind of uh, become dishonoring when I read the British press, now there's a difference between the press in America and in Britain, and your news that you get and the story that's told about different events often is totally different than the one that we get. So I think it's interesting that you can have such a difference. But I look at the British press and some of the things, thanks, Josie, some of the things that uh, are said. Are, are you guys aware how, whoa, boy, it can really cut to the quick, can it? And I just think, man, that would kill me if they said that about me. Well, in, the Amer- in America, it's like the Congress. They just fight with each other, and they're disrespectful. They're ugly to each other. And when campaigning goes on now, it's not like, let me tell you um, how good I am, which, of course, they do. Uh, but it's, let me tell you how rotten the other person is. And so God often comes counter to what's going on in the culture, doesn't he? And this thing of honor is very, very important. Um, the word honor does mean value. And it, it, it's interesting, it says in Proverbs that, um, that um, before honor is humility. And I think all over the earth, we're sort of getting humbled. And I think that God is saying, come into a new place. And certainly he is calling the church to be a counterculture and to show the love of the Lord Jesus Christ to people. And you can do that just by honoring. You don't even have to know someone very well in order to do that. I'm just going to tell you two quick little stories about honoring because I think it might speak to your hearts. Um, The first one, about three years ago, God spoke to me and told me, to go home and to gather people together and set my value on them. That word value is the same word where it says you're bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Price means value. And so he was saying set this kind of a price and and honor one another above yourselves. So he wanted me to gather this group together set my value on them, and to value the gifts that were in them and value the differences in them. And he said, then they will begin to flow in the Holy Spirit, operating in their own gifts, and one will have a song and one will have a hymn, you know, and and ultimately one will have a scripture and one will have a prophetic word. And I fought him about it because I didn't know exactly what to do because I wanted to have a worship leader so that the worship leader, here you go, Brian, here, Josie. I wanted the worship leader to bring in the presence of the Lord. And I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this if he won't let me have that. But he wanted not one person to rise to the top of this heap. 
He wanted value set equally on every person who came. And, oh, it was hard. The very first meeting, I threw myself down on the floor. I mean, I literally did. I just got on my face and went, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. They, You know, people come to hear a message, and and I didn't have a message. He told me not to to lead it, not to give a message, just to be a facilitator. And so I was stretched out of my comfort zone and and I just was on the floor and I was oh my god my god I had the microphone in my hand and I heard the anointing of God across the room oh man I got up off the floor and it was it was a young man across the room and I just went over to him and I I put the mic like that under his mouth and he was singing a new song and the anointing just flooded the room and I thought oh God, thank God something's going to happen here and I'm not going to be the one that does it and then Mary was at that meeting and across the room from this young man I heard the anointing again and Mary was singing a new song and I went over and I put the microphone under her uh, mouth that way so that it would fill, everyone would be able to hear see, he was very different than she Oh, he was very young. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was just the next, next thought that I had. <laughs> that, there, there. Look, I've already blown it. See? See? He was, he was young. He was a man. He was, um, he just had a total different demeanor. And the anointing is pouring forth from him. And then Mary is over here just singing this gorgeous song. And then God just literally, I didn't have to say anything. I just went from one to the other, valuing the differences, valuing the gifts that were coming out of them. And, oh, oh then a prophetic word begins to flow. And then people are, you know, just getting, uh, their lives are getting changed literally by the prophetic word that began to come out. And it was I, it was a mystery to me, and it was a joy to me because I didn't have to do it. All I had to do was just be there because the, I think the reason God is highlighting honoring now is that he's so wanting us to honor one another and to prefer one another above ourselves, which really is the root of true love. And so as uh, he, he didn't care whether somebody pretty unkempt came into the room He didn't care whether somebody had been waiting on the Lord all day and full of the anointing or whether it was somebody that just walked in off the street. He didn't care whether, uh, uh, you know, they were the best prophesier or, or the worst prophesier. He just wanted me to set my value on them the same way that he sets his value on us. And it was a beautiful talk about a bouquet. It, that's exactly what it was like. It was like there was a rose here. Maybe, you know, in the times that we've been getting together, there's been a thorn or or two. There was, you know, a, a beautiful dahlia here or there. There was just a, daisies over here. We're all different. We all express different things. But we make the most beautiful bouquet. We make a beautiful garden. He calls us a well-watered garden. So that was a real a lesson for me. Uh, in how to value people and how to allow the body to be the body and to edify itself together in love. But I had another experience that really touched my heart deeply in terms of honoring. And I believe um, when it says honor your mother and your father, that'll go well with you. Your mother and your father are sort of the, that's the family of origin, isn't it? And some people 
have had some pretty difficult things from mother and father. And, um, and they might not want to honor that mother and father, but and sort of question, well, what do I honor that uh, my mother never spoke to me or my father beat me or uh, that there was sexual abuse? Not, what do I honor? It doesn't matter. You can honor them and set your value on them because they gave your life. And God purposed before the foundation of the world that you would be born. And he knew where you'd be born and which family you'd be in. And he knew that he'd draw you to himself because he set his value on you. He bought you with a value, with a price. And so um, we can honor even the most difficult things. And many of us can honor because there's just love that flows up in our hearts for all of the things that our mother and father have done. But when there's a brokenness in relationship or a brokenness in a person, and frankly, I'm a broken person, how about you? He honored us. Christ died for us. Wow, he died for us when we were still sinners. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. If we could have just gotten good enough. No, we didn't have to get good enough. All we had to be is who we are. And we had to come to him. So um, when you have this brokenness in a family, sometimes you may come out of that situation and you may not have the honoring traits or the love, or the maturity to be a parent that you need to be. And so there are things that happen in that your family of origin, where you've birthed children, and then uh, there are distances and so forth. I just want to encourage you, don't ever give up on God, because he's a God of the miraculous. He does miraculous things in relationships. Well, my daughter and I... uh, she had moved away, and uh, you know I wasn't. She uh, take it. She had taken my grandson away, which uh, it was bad that she was gone. But it was even harder that uh, my grandson was gone, uh, and I wasn't seeing very much of her. And we'd talk on the phone every week or so. She was living uh, twelve hundred miles away from me, so it wasn't like I could see her all the time. And I had a dream one night, and I woke up just sitting bolt upright in bed. This dream just riveted me. And in the dream, I was driving in a car, and I heard a voice say, let me out of here, let me out of here. And I actually laughed in the dream because it was such a funny thing. And then I realized that voice is coming from the boot of the car. And I, then I realized, oh, this was a cry for help. And I knew it was my daughter's voice. So I pulled the car over in the dream, and I ran around to the back of the trunk, opened it up, and here's my daughter curled up in a fetal position in the trunk, and she looked like she was dead. And it was, you know, four in the morning or something, and so I'm praying and just, uh, you know, so concerned, just looking at the clock, looking at the clock. Is it time? Can I call her yet to see if she's okay? And finally, when I got a hold of her, I said, Honey, are you okay? She said, no. I said, I know. I'm I'm so concerned for you, honey. What's going on? And she said, I can't talk to you about it right now, Mom. But I'll talk to you about it later. And I realized that was all I was going to get. And I said, well, I want to tell you that I had a dream and that I'm here for you. Because I was. I was opening up that place where she was locked in. And uh, she said, okay, Mom. I could tell she was weeping and she was in a really hard place. So I didn't hear from her for a week, but I prayed. 
because I wanted to honor my daughter. I wanted to, I was setting my value. I'm telling you, I wasn't so broken from my own relationships that I hadn't grown into a place to become a mother. Sometimes we're the children in relationships, and we have to let God mature us so that we can genuinely prefer someone else above ourselves. And I was getting like a second chance to be grown up and to be able to be the mom and to reach out to her. And so um, a week went by, and I had that dream again. And I'm telling you, I just sat bolt upright in bed. It was just so, I can't tell you how, you know how fear will just grip your heart. And you go, oh, God, oh, God. And you're turning to the Lord because the Lord is our peace. But I sat there looking at my watch again. Of course, it was the middle of the night. And um, I called her back, and I said, honey, are you all right? And she said, no, Mom, I'm not all right, but I'll tell you what's going on. She was going through a terrible crisis that was going to change her whole life. And I said, honey, I just want to come to you. I, I, I just want to come to you and do anything that I can. And she said, well, let me think about it. And so the phone rang then a, a day later, and she said, would you come? And I thought, oh, you see, that love motivates you to be able to honor someone but you can honor and respect people and value them just because of what they're going through. We've all gone through difficult things, and we can have compassion for someone else that is, even more so when you've got a daughter. Now, this is what's important about my daughter. She's totally opposite of me. And I think in relationships we don't honor people sometimes because they're different. She has to have alone time. Most of my life, I haven't needed any alone time. Put me in the middle of the crowd, and I regenerate. I get energy from the crowd. She had to be alone. But if you're a, you know, come on, honey, let's go do something. And she's going, I'd really like to go to my room and shut the door. <laughs> oh, well, that doesn't feel very good. I had to honor the difference in her, right? I love creative things. I love art. I love colors. I love all of that. She doesn't notice. I mean, you could put a big black blob in the middle of her wall. She'd come in and she'd never even notice the thing. And yet when you get her down into an office where she's detailing uh, little numbers and uh, organizing things and filing things, she's just in heaven. And I go, oh, my gosh, who would ever want to do things like How can you do someone, something with someone like that? I, I want to go shopping. She hates shopping. I'm saying these things because whether it's your daughter or whether it's some stranger, we have to recognize that we're different. And God is saying, honor all men and women. He is saying that humility comes before this kind of honor. And humility is, I'll lay down my life and I'll be who they need me to be to minister to them because I want to honor them. So I got on the airplane and I flew down to my daughter's and I said, Father, what I want to do, what I want to do is I just want to get her in my arms, you know. I just want to hold her. Oh, I just want to take care of her. I don't want anything to hurt her. I just want to smother her. <laughs> That's how she would have felt. So I had to recognize, okay, honor everyone above yourself. That's what I'd want to do. And I began to think, okay, what would she want? She would want me, she told me one time, Mom, don't ever, don't ever sit down with me and, and sit across from me. Now, this is what I would do. Mary and I would do this. We would sit and look at each other right in the eyes 
Phil, are you hearing this? <laughs> There's a little joke. There's a little joke about Phil. I'll tell you later. I would want to sit, look in her eyes. I'd want to hear every word she said, and I'd want to be so attentive. She said, Mom, would you not sit across from me and look in my eyes? Would you go over to the stove and cook while we talk? Because she's just different than I am. So I had to, I asked the Lord, will you just help me? And see, in our relationships, you ask the Lord and he will help you honor people. So I got over to the stove. I let her be over here. I gave up on the hugs and, and all the, you know, uh, love that I wanted to express. And I distanced myself when I got there. And I realized that her home was just, it had been just uh, sort of, um, it was just kind of barren because she had been in an abusive situation. Uh, her husband was abusive, an alcoholic. She had nothing in her home. I mean, my grandson didn't even have a chair. He didn't have a bed. It was so hard. I wanted to just go out by the bed. I wanted to get him a chair. I wanted to, I wanted to hold her. But that wasn't honoring to her. That would have made her feel shamed and less than. And so she just said to me when I got there, Mom, I want everything yellow. I want everything bright yellow. I don't want any black. And I want to wash all the walls. See, she was she was stepping out of a place where she'd been dishonored. And so I helped her wash walls, you know. She's in one room, I'm in the other. That's not my idea of love, you know. I want to be next to her. But I went and I did that. And I, um, I said to her, um, what color of yellow do you like, honey? So she showed me, my daughter who doesn't care about color, this color, no other color, this color of yellow. So I went to the store the next day. She, she was at work, and um, thank, thank God for Walmart. I went into Walmart, and I, and I found exactly the color of yellow fabric. And I thought, okay, let's see, how do I do this so that I don't overwhelm her, control her, step into her space, make her feel shamed. So I bought the fabric and I just brought it home and I laid it over the railing. And when she came home, I wasn't going to say a word to her about it. She grabbed the fabric and she said, this is the color of yellow I want. This is exactly what I want. I want to put it right here in the kitchen. I just, I want to have that on that window. And I said, honey, would you like me to make a, a drape for you to go there? <gasps> Please, would you do that? Would you do it? Now she, this happened time after time. I sewed that. I didn't overstep my bounds. I, I'd bring something home and I'd say, now I just found this yellow rug. I don't know if this is what you're talking about. Mom, that's exactly what I want. Let's put that in the bathroom. And so she took control of her own life. I didn't take control of it. I was honoring her and valuing her and valuing the differences. And so every day I would just say to the Lord, what can I do, Lord, that will just show that she's a valued person? And I, I would just do whatever that thing was. And finally, after about four days, she said, I was talking to my friend at work, and I said, this is what my mom is doing for me. And the girl said, well, yeah, that's what moms do. She said, Mom, I've never let you do these things before. You see, setting your value on someone, that's the way God has been with us, hasn't it? He doesn't infringe. He doesn't judge. He doesn't 
condemn us in any way. He doesn't overwhelm everything and say, this is the way you... He has made us individuals. He has made us so different. And he's made us... uh, he, he recognizes our needs, our needs for him. And so what happened in this relationship with my daughter is I was doing what the Lord wanted me to do. I was honoring my God. I was aligning my heart with God. Um, I was even aware of my own parents and the lack of honor. And I was saying, I, oh, I, why do I know how to sew? Because my mom was a seamstress. She was excellent. And I can honor my mom for for the way that she not taught me how to sew, how she sewed in front of me, how she cooked in front of me, how she cleaned in front of me, how she decorated in front of me. And it wasn't all that it could have been in our relationship, but I honor my mom for the skill that she had in those areas. And I honor my daughter in the way that I could offer her things Just put something down on the table and not even say anything to her about it and go away in the other room. And there she is picking it up and it's doing something on the inside of her. Honoring will heal. Honoring is setting value. And maybe you're in relationships where you're concerned about your children or your parents or the neighbor. I don't know what it is. But honoring makes all the difference in the world. One time I was living in Southern California and I had a neighbor that was so nasty. Oh, I cannot tell you what a nasty neighbor she was. She'd lie to the landlord. We lived in what we call a duplex, you maybe call an attached house, you know. And um, she'd lie to the landlord. My children were like three and one, I guess. And she'd say that, that my husband would come home and take his shoes and hold them to the ceiling and drop them to the floor so that it would make loud thuds and the children would squeal in the bath and she could hear it. And she was just the nastiest neighbor. And man, I had an attitude. I thought, get her out of here, God. She is nothing but trouble. I don't want to have anything to do with this lady. And I was going to a Bible study with some friends and the head of the Bible study, you know, we prayed for each other. And so I told about this rotten neighbor that needed to move away. And Shiloh said, (laughs) Shiloh said, I'm thinking maybe you need to bake her some Christmas bread. I thought, yeah, with strychnine in it. I was like, bake some bread, all right. And, oh, I just, I don't even know if I was convicted by the Lord. I was just shamed by Shyla. So I went home and I thought, all right. And I baked this Christmas bread and I got this track that was a Christmas nice track, not too obvious. And I stuck it on there. And I thought, I go over to this lady and I. Because you can honor without having love feelings, right? You honor because you choose to value someone else. Now, God was helping me get there. I wasn't there. I didn't hit her. I want you to know I didn't hit her. So she opened the door, and she was just an elderly lady. And um, and I said, I just baked this bread for you. Merry Christmas. <gasps> Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. I'm just so thankful. Oh, oh, oh. And all oh, this. Oh, and she reads about Jesus while she's standing on the doorstep, you know, and I'm going, whoa, okay. This was a good choice, Shyla. <laughs> and this lady just totally changed. She'd come knock on my door. Are the children home? 
Can I see this? Look what I found. I found some beautiful little things for the children. And so she'd bring them over. And, and when we moved away, she wept. She just cried because we moved away. Honoring is a choice. Honoring is valuing. Honoring will bring a person. And I'll tell you, let me just tell you the end of the story with my daughter. She is like a bright ray of sunshine now, just like those yellow drapes that she wanted. She's full of joy. She's uh, made her way in a beautiful home. She's done a wonderful job rearing my grandson. And she said to me recently, Mom, let's go on vacation. Let's go on holiday together. We'll, we'll go. We'll drive all the way from Seattle down to California, to Lo- Los Angeles, California. I forget how many miles that is. 1,500 miles, I think it is. And we'll drive all the way back, and we'll have, we'll have two days at the beach, and we'll go to Disneyland. Well, I hate Disneyland. But, you know, um, I hate to confess to you. But, but anyway, so I said, honey, whatever would make a special vacation for you? What? She says, well, it's not about me. I want to do it to honor Dominic. He's going to be turning 15, and I've never taken him on a trip. I've never been able to give anything special. I said, honey, if you want to drive all that way, it's fine. But get on Google and find out how far it is. So she calls me back and says, let's just drive one way. Oh, thank God. You know, we would have driven four days to have two days at the beach. So we flew down instead. We had our days at the beach. It was full of joy because I'd learned. And even when I went, I thought, in the whole same hotel room, how can I give her the space that she needs? We can honor others above ourselves. And uh, she did excellently with this whole thing. My grandson was honored. And um, the, my, the highlight of the time, ironically, was at Disneyland. At night, almost midnight, I, it was spring break. There were three million people there. I don't know how many, but there were a lot of people. And we were standing looking at that um, uh, Disney castle. And above it, the fireworks were going off. And my daughter sidled up next to me. She put her arm through my arm. She put her head on my shoulder, and she looked up in my eyes, and she said, Now, this is my daughter who needs space. She said, Mom, look. We're together at Disneyland. I said, yes, we are, honey. So I just want to encourage you. Honor. Honor your... uh, Honor the king. Honor the Lord. Honor your mother and father, whether they're living or dead. Honor the aged. I love that scripture I found. Honor the aged. (laughs) Honor all men above yourself. And let that humility come. Because that will win people. It will win people like no other way. So I just bless you. I bless you. I, Father, I bless my sisters. How I love all the colors in this room. How I love all the different personalities. All the different gifts, Father. All of the different motivations. I just bless my sisters. And Mary and I bless them together, Father. And uh, we honor one another and we honor our family here. And I ask you, Father, in every situation they find themselves in, they'll be able to find that humility that comes before honor and that they will express the love of the Lord Jesus Christ as they put value on people the way you put value on us when you bought us. We worship you and we thank you that you'll teach us to walk in your ways. And we bless your name, Lord Jesus.
Amen.